welcome to Cassandra Explains It All, a podcast where we take a magnifying glass to all of our treasures from the past. Okay, perfect. So today I am thankful to be joined by Melanie Martin. Hey, Melanie. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm so glad we're able to talk and I'm glad you're ready to, you know, really just like open up about grief, motherhood, Aaron's legacy, mental health, addiction. I was looking at your Patreon just now and I really got a sense that that's kind of like what you're moving into is like really exploring these things. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's what's, um, I think, you know, it's been already nine months since his passing. And I think I finally have been able to catch up on a lot of um, things in my life. And now it's time to start the next chapter in my life and move on from all of, all of the trauma and, you know, we'll heal from the trauma, not move on from the trauma, but heal from the trauma that I dealt with after his death and before his death. And just, you know, my life is going to be forever changed. And, you know, Prince's life, you know, I have a long road ahead of me to raise my son as a single mom. And so, yeah, and I think that I mean, that's why I say, you know, I am so thankful that you're able to talk to people about this. And I'm so glad you started this Patreon because Honestly, it's hard enough going through motherhood as it is, but to have to do that um, while battling grief is just something that nobody wants to ever have to face in their life. And so, you know, that's, I can't even imagine what you're going through. And to be able to be an advocate for, you know, being aware of mental health issues, um, cyber stalking addiction and just everything that kind of goes along with child stardom as well um i think is really really brave of you um so thank you yeah and um thank you too for having me of course i mean if you know i've always been a a fan of aaron from the good and the bad right everything i feel like you're well aware that his entire life was online and it caused so much chaos, like even in your guys's real lives. And, um, what was that like? You know, I mean, you endured a lot, basically staying with Aaron through the train wreck, right? Yeah. I hate saying train wreck, but it was always a series of highs and lows. And I was not prepared for that. I don't think anybody is because, I lived such a like basic, like I lived a basic life. Every day was the same for me. You know what I mean? Like I would wake up, go to work, work out, make money, you know, do my makeup, uh, hang out with friends, just a very basic life. And so to go from that to having a relationship, being on always on social media, I just wasn't ready for it. You know, I don't think anybody is really ready for that, but you know, you take a chance at love. I took a, I took a chance at love. Didn't know it would turn into what happened. Um, I had one prior relationship before Aaron. So, um, 
you know, I, I wish that Aaron wasn't my first real relationship. I, I wasn't prepared to deal with everything under the public eye. Um, I don't think anybody really is, to be no. honest with you. It might, yeah. And so it's like, I always w- wish there was a rewind button so that I could have done different things, but you know, you can't do that. And that's what is hard for me to deal with in this grief is I always think, well, what if I did this? Would this have happened? You know, it's it's really hard. Um, um, so. and I, I think that's so normal. And I but I think what's so hard about to see what Aaron went through. And I like how you said, like, you don't like to call it a train wreck, but that's what it was. And what was so hard to watch about it was like that, you know, people would argue, oh, Aaron Carter's not famous or um you know, there's lots of celebrities that maybe don't go crazy, but it's like to live under a magnifying glass so much so that he did the way he lived online. Um, I mean, it. I think it's completely fair to say that he had stalkers, um, several stalkers. And there, you know, I've even seen like recently people were being paid to spy on him. Um, and I'm not even talking about just news publications like TMZ, like just people. And it's, you know, it's a maddening existence, I can only imagine. And then when you add in any type of like mental health or drug addiction, um, that's a recipe for disaster. And to be going through that, like when you're trying to make a relationship work, I mean, that's, it feels like the odds were completely stacked against you. I see a lot of people under the public eye like actors in LA and things like that and you know they just move on from relationships and they they're you know next week they're dating someone else and you know that just shows that me and Aaron did truly love each other and I know people will say oh well you know he was under the influence so who knows if he really loved you you know but I tried to prove like I don't I guess I was the longest relationship he had been with from from what have people have told me his friends and family um but you know I really did love Aaron and there's a lot of people that will say otherwise and it's just the internet has gotten really really uh aggressive with everyone you know like people just have opinions and it really brings people down like like people care what others think about them and for me, I stayed off social media with Aaron. I didn't really, I rarely even went on his screen in the later years. In the beginning, I would go on, you know, it was a new fresh relationship and I wasn't really aware of what was going on. I was just focused on, you know, fixing a lot of things from his life. Like when I first met him, I had to take care of the bills and make sure he had payments done on time and things like that and try to be a wife and try to fix a lot of things that were happening that I didn't have time to see what was really going on with Aaron inside, you know, and there was a lot of, a lot of, um, childhood trauma and that was affecting our relationship later on. And I didn't realize that till probably last year. And I just wish that I knew that sooner and I would have taken that into consideration more and know that some people are going through something that you they will never be able to explain that even to their significant other you know they they don't want to 
And I think that was Aaron. He was suppressing his emotions, but also at the same time showing them in a different way, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And now as a mother, I'm sure it hits a totally different way to think about your son having to live the life that Aaron had lived. Um, Imagine working like that or just having your childhood gone. And I try to not even post photos of Aaron when he was little because I just feel bad that I didn't think about, well, Aaron was the only seven-year-old at his time, like in the two th- uh, 2000s and before the 2000s, that's how uh, people were becoming famous. You know, so we had all the Britney Spears and um, Sync and BSB and all that. And that was, you know, my era and Aaron and there, it was before social media and now it's different, but he was, he's so different from all the other people kids his age or not kids but all of us millennials of this age because he was a child star he was only seven and he had an album and he was doing music videos and he was a baby he was a baby nobody else was doing that there's not one justin bieber started at 11 i think which is even which is later than aaron the only person i think is really comparable um which is bizarre I mean really is Michael Jackson you know when you think know, of a childhood stolen um mm-hmm. and and speaking of Michael I think that I saw that Aaron's ashes are at Forest Lawn Cemetery which I think is where Michael is too I believe so too yeah so I do know that yeah um, he is there have you been able to go or like take prints yet I actually have so people will find that out and you know when the time comes I will be speaking on that but me and Prince went there and we paid our respects Mm -hmm. and it was very peaceful there um and I plan on going there very often so that's really good to hear um And yeah, I think, I mean, I, I definitely agree with definitely when people go through trauma like that, they build a wall and there's so much distraction um, going on because they don't want the people in their lives to see, you know, their trauma um, or their addiction or, or anything like that. And a lot of times people self-medicate and have multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I know that Aaron there's a lot of things you guys don't know about Aaron and the way he acted on in his house versus, you know, I know a lot of people would follow his every move, but they weren't physically in the house, you know, watching his, just because he's on social media showing, you know, his cooking and, or, you know, in the room, they don't know what he was like off camera. We definitely can't believe everything you see on social media or TV even because if you watch the documentary that's out about Aaron, you would think that his manager, Louie, was like the greatest person in the world. Um, Yeah, me and Louie have a lot of beef and I feel like it's, I'm, by the way, I am trying to grieve and also um, close that kind of chapter in my life about talking about people that were in Aaron's life but it's a process and I'm learning every day but the reason why um Louie and I have the most beef I believe 
is just because I haven't really been able to tell you my side of the story of how Louie treated me behind closed doors. And, you know, you can believe what you hear from me, but I have, I have facts and I have kind of proof that he's saying lies. And what I hear, he, he always gets upset and he says, I've had enough of Melanie talking about me. But the thing is, though, he's spreading lies and I'm stating facts where I have proof of, you know, messages between them and versus him where he just speaks and he has no proof of anything. So the other day it really upset me because he he went on the spaces on Twitter and he was saying that on tour, he said that when, you know, me and Aaron, Aaron decided he didn't want me to be on tour with him and Louie and his other friend. And he said that I stripped outside naked and tried to make Aaron jealous. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, that is not melt. Like I am not, first of all, I would never do that in public. And I want people to know like that the reason why they're saying I stripped is because I said, well, if you're going to leave me here, here in the middle of nowhere where there's no rooms available at the hotel and you're just going to leave me here and just say, oh, well, you can wait till there's a flight for you. I said, you might as well just have me strip or I said, I might as well just be naked in here and have someone take me now because I'm alone in the middle of nowhere. I think I was in the state of I'm trying to think what state I was in Indiana, I think, which is in the I've never been to Indiana before. And so Louie goes, Melanie was taking her clothes off for a man. No, I texted Aaron and I said, look, there is a man who is talking to me, following me while I'm sitting here being alone in the middle of nowhere. And you guys just left me there. And I can't believe he would, as a manager, how could he do something like that? And then he said, oh, I bought Melanie a plane ticket and I gave her a hotel room. Louie said that. And it's just ridiculous. He doesn't have a great track record as a manager um you know I personally found it deeply disturbing to see the photos of Aaron before tour and after tour or during tour yeah Aaron and me uh drove well his friend drove the RV from uh California to to, I think the first step was Texas where Louie lives or whatever Taylor and um we were fine Aaron I stocked up on food um, Aaron was okay. You know, he was ready for a tour. I really was just going along with everything. I told Aaron, Hey, I'm only going to be on your tour for probably a week. And then I'll go back to Prince. That was the plan. I said, I would love to see you perform. You know, I only got to see a couple of shows with him because, you know, we started dating during COVID and he wasn't performing that much. So I was finally excited to be on tour and see what it's like from seeing photos in his album of all the the people that were there and I went to the first show with Aaron and Louie was there because it was I think it was in Texas or somewhere right next to Texas and the next day it's like they all ganged up on me and Aaron was a completely different person and the first day Aaron was like this is my fiance and you know he said I I love my fiance like he always said in his shows that he has a fiance and he has a son and that he loves his family and he would always, you know, say lovely things. But then um, Aaron and my fight before the, you know, dropping me off 
which is not Aaron's character. That was obviously the demon inside of him. I would say I don't, I don't want to speak bad on him because he's the love of my life. But you know, he had a demon inside of him. To me, that's not Aaron. I didn't think that was him. And he said, you know, things that he didn't mean. And um, there was an issue with allegedly um, Louie invited his friend. His name um, is Jay. And um, Aaron sent his friend a Zelle or a PayPal, whatever, payment. And I was freaking out in the RV. And that's when. Aaron was like, no, Melanie's not going to boss us around. We're all boys. And he, you know, he did like me to be submissive most of the time. And he did not like me telling him what to do, especially in front of his friends or manager, his so-called manager, his new manager. (laughs) So um, I'm just going to say that is allegedly what happened. And that's what started the fight is that I told him you're not going to send him money for his sale of a certain product that I'm not going to say. But that's what started the fight. So, And I I just don't understand why he continues to harass you to this day. Um, When, you know, it's understandable that you're always going to probably have something to speak on when it comes to Aaron. He's the father of your child. And I'm not really sure, like if I was Louie, just personally, I would never speak of Aaron again. And I would just be thanking God that nobody with a badge is like asking me why my pill bottles are at Aaron's house. Mm-hmm. Um it's disturbing and i and i really don't understand why he continues to harass you publicly it's bizarre and it almost just makes me it just makes more sense to me um to think like you know maybe he just has his own best interest at heart and you know i just wasn't really impressed with the hulu documentary i guess is what i'm trying to say so there is some things about the man so i was in the hulu documentary and we were all filmed separately And he was telling the Hulu documentary that he had plans to take Aaron to rehab, but that was not the case. He never even spoke to Aaron about rehab. Like, I don't know where he's, why that man was on, you know, the Hulu documentary. Most of those people, to be honest with you, didn't really need to be on that documentary. I wondered about that um, because I had asked Morgan, who was also Aaron's manager at one point, and... Um, I, I told Morgan explicitly, like, don't you think that Aaron needs to go to rehab? And he's like, no, he just needs to do his music. I'm like, you know, this doesn't really sound like it's in Aaron and Prince's best interest, um, not to go to rehab. So I don't, I can't understand if that's your best friend, you know, the motivation to not want them to get help number one, um, and to try to push them to perform And number two, you know, to try to ruin the relationship with the mother of their child. That just seems, um, you know, really bizarre if you're that person's best friend. It doesn't make sense to me. No, I know a lot of, yeah, his friends, there was only a couple of, I mean, Morgan was okay with me, 
but I don't think he really knew the true Aaron yet because he wasn't with him enough. He only met him a few times. He did meet Prince when Prince was born. You know, he was at the house and everything. And um, that was nice. He, you know, a lot of people came over and met Prince and, you know, everything was good. And then it just, it kept on getting worse and worse and worse with his peer pressure. And after COVID, I kept on meeting, you know, I met Louie after COVID. Um, it was not good. I had a bad um feeling about him i had a bad feeling about a lot of people especially his assistant spencer um a lot of people have there's a video out there you know he gets caught trying to allegedly give aaron extra prescriptions um that i've you know been an advocate advocate of showing people you know that nobody has your best interests except for your family you know you can't when you're you know, you can't just, you, everybody has an agenda. Spencer's agenda was to make money and to get control over Aaron. And, you know, it's to me, like these people were willing to risk everything just for a couple of bucks. That's what I think personally. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> and, and what's so sad about it to me with the people that are involved on the music side of it and maybe I'm wrong I understand that Aaron loved music and I get that and that's all he knew but you know the people I would from what I understand like Lori Knight um, even told Morgan like look you shouldn't be trying to push Aaron into this right now he's not healthy he needs to be focused on getting healthy you know and he does have a real music career he can come back to Um, I mean and it wanted to as long as as Aaron is doing okay you know yeah um yeah so it just seemed like really seedy and just like so self-serving and it was sad because it's like that's what his life started out on and Mm -hmm. with you know Lou Pearlman and and that's how it and how you know what it ended up being at the end too and it just seems like a vicious cycle um And I mean, I know there was like a lot of factors, but I'm just saying it to me, it was ironic and sad um, that the music like had to be a part of it at the end and like the fight over the music and then them releasing blacklisted and all this weird stuff. It was just like so gross. Um, I just feel like why wasn't he taken seriously like that when he was alive? It was just, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like Aaron thought that everybody that I felt feel like Aaron thought he was just a paycheck to people. Even with me, sometimes like he had to buy me things. And I'm like, look, Aaron, babe, I have everything I could Uh oh, it's breaking up. Or it sounded like muffled. Oh, sorry about that. I think I had it next to my shirt. <laughs> That's okay. All right, go ahead. I feel like sometimes Aaron would think he had to buy people's love. Yeah, it was, it was a weird, and I would, and then sometimes he would get upset. Like, I remember he bought me a nice gift one time and I said, you didn't need to spend that much money. You know, we're going through some kind of financial problems right now and I don't need this. I have everything I could ever need. I have three closets in our house to prove, you know, and 
he would get upset and he'd be like, oh, you don't appreciate anything I do. He goes, any girl would be so ex- like uh, appreciative of what I do, things like that. And I feel like he almost, he had to do something for somebody to get, uh, to get some, like pe- to get something from like a friendship. Right. Do like he thought that was his only value somehow. Yeah, I feel like he always had to be, um, the breadwinner for everyone yeah most yeah absolutely i mean because he was so used to it from an early age if that makes sense um that's how i felt with him like it felt like and a lot of people were taking advantage of him um financially tons of people I mean there's about 10 people that were ruining our lives and Aaron just would not Aaron would be so back and forth with everyone that by the time I'd be able to fix it he would get upset and we would get and the people would turn us against each other like the assistants um Spencer his assistant that was allegedly giving him extra prescription pills okay um he turned us against each other all the time um, while Aaron, you know, was having a bad day. And Aaron didn't mean a lot of the things he did. And I know a lot of people wanted him to take responsibility for the way he acted. And I get that, too, because you can't just get away with acting a certain way and then expect people to take you back or, you know, um, think of you the same. You know, not everybody forgives yeah I get and I get that and I mean I've had that argument with people at nauseum you know well he did xyz so and and I get it but I also think like there's room for the fact that he grew up in a way that none of us will ever understand Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's very easy to manipulate and target people with mental health issues and addiction um and I think we I think we all saw that play out and with the the manipulation just for a couple of bucks I just can't believe it like I don't understand where these people came from they just came out of nowhere yeah yeah about the internet bullies and like the hashtag Aaron Carter and all of that a lot of it was coming from Instagram right yeah and and Twitter and all that so I do want to add that Yes, me and Aaron had a lot of public fights and a lot of police disputes and things like that. And I kind of want to explain into detail of, you know, the speculation of what he would say about me and why I never spoke about, like, I never spoke about our public fights, you know, before he, I never did because I knew he was so hot and cold and that he didn't mean what he said because of his past. And I knew that and I started to catch on that after the first breakup that we had that he was just like not playing games, but he just didn't know what a normal stable relationship was maybe based upon his family. Maybe he has PTSD from his divorce from his family's divorce. And that's something that he never went to a therapist for. And I know, like, his sister has said she's been to therapy. She publicly said that on that interview she did. Things like that. And Aaron didn't take care of him. And he just self-medicated. 
I would say. And he didn't take care of himself before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and when you throw in the parasocial relationships that these people had with Aaron, I mean, when you think of a celebrity and having fans, that's one thing. But Aaron had very intense parasocial relationships with so many people. Um, And I really do think that that played into just worsening his mental health. I feel like it was the perfect storm almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was always, of course, like rumors of cheating and things like that. Mm-hmm. And yep. I'm sure that was never a happy or safe environment, you know, and a lot of us became completely concerned when Prince was born. We were concerned for I your safety, it. Prince's safety, Aaron's safety, um so then to learn recently that there were people actually stalking you guys makes it so much harder um yeah we were in the process of moving I was trying to move us out of that house and I was gonna you know try to put the house under uh, someone else's name because I was and I I was like you know what even if we get into a gated community there's still gonna be people following us that's such a scary thought um and a way to live like that's just terrible yeah yeah when prince was born what really ruined things is that unfortunately there is a woman that aaron met before me that was affiliated with his family as um uh not about a case that's going on right now and that woman i believe Um, I feel like she harmed Aaron more than helping him, of course, to me, that's yeah. my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, playing into I, his paranoias, um, yeah. feeding, line feeding him things, horrible things, slanderous things to say on the internet about his own family members to and back I him into a corner to where he'd be isolated. Yeah. And so... I saw a video. I think that nobody should coerce anyone into thinking something of family. Family is family always. Family is is off limits to me. And because that's your blood. And yes, family will always have arguments. But to me, that's when, you know, Aaron, I guess, supposedly was feeding into the the bullies online because a lot of people were sending him threats and um trying to make him fight with his family and I don't know every single detail but obviously I would hear it during the beginning of a relationship all the way till the end but in the end of the relationship I think Aaron was ready to face the facts of what he did in that three years and that he realized you know, I'm wrong. Aaron's wrong. He, he wasn't in the right. And, um, I think that really got to him. Like it must've, it must've really put a toll on his mental health, realizing what happened and what's been going on. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, it's really hard because ultimately, 
you know, whether that situation was true or not, I feel like it's my personal opinion that Aaron was targeted, you know, by this person and it was completely inappropriate. And you can watch it on Instagram live of like, yeah. you can watch, um, you know, he's not in the right state of mind and he's being given a lot of ideas about things. And ultimately I think that it led to him being completely isolated. And I just yeah, feel like yeah. I, I would like to see some karma come around on that one day. And, and, you know, it cost me thousands and thousands of dollars being Aaron's fiance, being responsible for all of that, just so you know. And because I wasn't just, you know, we weren't just dating. I was his fiance. I was in the process of getting our lives, you know, together as a family. We had a child. It wasn't, you know, I had to pick up the pieces of everything. I had right. to deal with Aaron getting um, coerced into suing I, this will be out, but you know, there was a woman that Aaron met that wanted to, um, to file reports on his family and coerced him into doing that. And she also coerced him into, uh, filing a 50, 50 custody when Prince was seven days old. She what? said, Oh yeah, I have never discussed any of this, but, um, when Prince was a week old, Unfortunately, one of Aaron's friends basically not she did what's the word ratted out. Um, you know, it was a secret that I did speak to his family and, you know, during a breakup. And so she told Aaron that and it it got Aaron all flustered and mm -hmm. um, not pretty with me with Prince just being a newborn. And I was just trying to stay there because I didn't want a family to be broken up. And I was hoping that, you know, he would, he would snap out of it and he would realize, oh, Melanie's only just trying to help, you know, with the situation. And instead this woman, the, his private investigator was getting lawyers and having Aaron retain lawyers to try to get 50, 50 custody of, of, of his son and to sue his family. Yeah. So uh, while being a, just having a C-section, I had to deal with all of this while still loving Aaron and not a lot of people know what was going on. And I had to sit there and just try to be a mom, try to wait it out and see if he was just, if he, if his mental health would get better. Right. And these people are pinning him, his fiance and his family like, who does that? That should not be. I don't understand how someone could convince someone like that. You know, that he he didn't know this girl, this woman. He didn't and know her. Who, how did he even get linked up with this um, investigator? She messaged him, I guess, um, because she was he was. <laughs> She was referred to by someone Aaron knew in the um, in the acting world. Yeah. Oh God, that's uh, creepy. Yeah, he was. He referred. Aaron said, "I need a tax person," and then the tax person was starting to become friends with Aaron, and then he was kind of involving in his social life too. And then he said, "Oh, I know somebody that can help you." with you know with your life a little bit and then that woman 
was feeding into all the Twitter drama and she was talking to everybody. And then she decided that she wanted to find lawyers and things to try to get me out of the house, by the way. And then Aaron changed his mind. And of course he's, you know, a week later, he's like getting back with me. But just for her to 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 be involved when she doesn't even know Aaron and pin us against each other, you don't know Aaron. You don't mess with families. That's not what private investigators do. No. Yeah, it's just, it was really, it's a really weird situation. Not Nobody deals with what I dealt with. Trust me. No, you pretty much had it coming from all angles. And then at what point do you just look, you you know, you look at yourself and your son and you're like, I'm just going to walk away. I mean, when when you're in love, that's what, and I've, you know, had this argument with people at nauseam too. Like people, it's so easy for people to say, you should have left, you should have left, you should have left. Like I should have left and I had three kids with my idiot, you know, Um, and I should have left so many times. And as bad as you think it got like fighting with Aaron, I promise you I've I've done a thousand times worse and should have left, you know, Um, so I would never judge you. It's just sad to it's hard to watch someone else go through it and be like, oh, my God, I just there's nothing you can do to help this person. But you see you know, that they're potentially in danger. I know. And I understand, but you know, that's why Aaron had a good heart, you know, most of the time. And then I would see the real Aaron and I'd be like, okay, you know, he's, he's okay. He's not being coerced or, um, or manipulated by these people. It would be like a 50, 50 battle. Some days he would ignore everybody and not be manipulated. And then other days he would be like 150% manipulated by people. It was the it was the craziest thing. Yeah, and it's hard to balance all that in when you're dealing with somebody like that, and then to throw motherhood into it on top of it, it's it's a yep. complete storm. Yeah, but for someone to to tell Aaron to find a to pay a retain more than three lawyers to try to sue his family and to try to sue me too she also wanted to like do something with that and i'm sitting there and i'm in the house and i'm like who is this person like yeah i had being a mother not concentrate on a lawyer trying to break up a family within seven days um, for speaking to her family is this was this woman like who was she connected to like was she just an independent player i mean or was she called think that because she was so involved in the hashtag Aaron Carter she was just speaking to everyone so you know nobody she just concentrated on getting Aaron alone just like before she tried to put him on a level of before me and I saw old videos of Aaron before me a couple of months before And he was just, he looked so isolated and so alone and so sad. And it just, it really, it's really hard to, to watch. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea because when I first met him, he was very normal and I didn't really Google too much about him. I didn't know about this, all the, the online bullies and all of that. 
So he was very normal. I mean, he took me out to breakfast, you know, he took me out to sushi. Think we got to know each other really well. He was really sweet to me and you know, he wasn't focusing on all the hate when I first met him. He was focusing on me. And that's the real Aaron. He's very, very loving and he's very direct and he's very real. And yeah. that's what I saw a lot in him. And he was a family man. He was very down to earth. He was very uh, old school when it came to love and family. And I just didn't see that at all. And I just loved how he loved so hard and how he, you know, he was so talented. And it's just like, when I first met him, I, I was very, very, like, it took me by surprise meeting him because I didn't really have anyone before him. And I just was living like day, day by day, just working and hanging out with friends. And I feel like I had no reason to wake up in the morning. Like I was very it was just a very simple life and to go from simple life to all of that is just it's a whole nother a whole nother level yeah you know it's absolutely. just I was doing a million things every day so he, Aaron was larger than life and I think he seemed and like the way that you describe him also um is a lot how you know people that worked with him on group describe him the same way just happy um full of life he was doing good on that so i Mm -hmm. do want to say about his addiction in the last um the last two months of his life this it was the hardest of two months that i ever experience besides after his death but um unfortunately he relapsed in september on instagram live with uh, with huffing duster which he did not do the entire time i was with him until september of 2022 and he did call me when we were in a breakup uh and louis just left the house supposedly and he was on a plane um and that's why Aaron and I were not together and that's why I was in my mother's home and I was with Prince of course um over there and he called me and he said well I called him when he did that on Instagram live and it's really hard to talk about that and watch it and it was featured in the Hulu documentary and you know it showed everybody which I hate that I have to see that and it's just hard to re-watch that but Um, He called me and he said, I can't believe I did this. And I said, he said, can you please come home? And I said, of course, I want to come home. But I tried to come in, you know, hours prior and he wouldn't let me in. And he was so in his addiction and he was in denial. And he told me he was just um, he told me he was just trolling his word trolling. I'm just trolling everyone. But then later he called me crying and, you know, emotional Aaron one of his personality that he had. And he said, I can't believe I did this. And he goes, can you please come home? And can we be a family? Like, I want to work on my life. I want to work on myself. No more Instagram. And it seemed like, you know, of course, I always believed in him. And I'm like, okay, I think he's woke up now. I think he was shook and he realized what the hell am I doing? I'm losing everything. And I came back and then 
he did it one more time a month later and I thought everything was good. I thought he overcame that. I I didn't think he was going to do it again. You know, that's where I, came I had back. so much hope for group because it seemed like a healthy working environment for him because outside of Instagram, which was toxic for him, what was there? I mean, the music and the Instagram was a constant symbiotic toxic relationship. Agreed. You know, I don't know what he would have done. He couldn't just go get a normal job. No, but the thing is, though, Aaron told me, he goes, I, he goes, I'm capable of doing anything. And I go, what if there was no Instagram tomorrow? What would you do? What would if, if there was no TikTok tips for your music and stuff? What would you do? And he goes, I'll do anything to take care of my family. That was his, that was his words. And I said, I said, you know, cause he said he wants me to be a mom and he wants me to have a couple of kids and he wants me to be a housewife. And that was what his little, his dream was. And I said, I said, or don't you ever get tired of just showing everybody? Like, why can't we just be private? Why can't we just take photos of Prince and say the love of, you know, show, show our babies or just show small glimpses like other people? Why do we have to record 24 seven? We're giving too much away. And I would always try to instill that. And sometimes he would go for it and he'd be like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. And he'd be like, let me delete my Instagram because he did that very often. Mm-hmm. And when he wanted to delete, delete his Instagram, I would always be jumping for joy in, inside. I'd be like, yes, it's time. <laughs> the Instagram is going down. You know, I'd be excited because then I could have some privacy and we could work on our relationship and work on ourselves. And I was happy about that. And so, but it was always but yeah with that with that being the main his main job essentially i mean he was being a performance artist online um done it a different way definitely that's where with group it felt like mm-hmm. it could oh, have been so good what? if it got picked up he yeah. looked so healthy on set um and happy and timid you can tell that he was he was not taking his prescriptions during that time um i know that for a fact because he did have a requirement with the social workers they wanted him to get off his prescriptions and he tried which i haven't really you know released that but at least i can say that aaron did try and that it was he really genuinely wanted his family back and he knew that he messed up and that he knew that he needed to be a you know that's all he wanted was a family he just wanted a family yeah he wanted to always have that um he wanted to always have that extra love that's why he loved dogs and you know so but yeah he was doing good during group um and then unfortunately it went south after that yeah again and that's the warning of it all is that everybody looked at Aaron I guess people always say oh it wasn't a surprise to me it was I feel like I know a lot of addicts that can use for a long time um and it you know I don't I just think that Aaron's legacy of course is always going to be his music But, you know, it also is the awareness of like harm reduction. 
um, mm-hmm. and mental health and like being able to grow um, and be an addiction and how dangerous it is to be an addiction and like the actual statistics of like making it out alive. Um, and, you know, he'd always speak about his sister and he'd be like, I'm not going to be my sister. I promise. Like he would actually speak like that to me. And I would just, you never know what's going to happen to anyone. And, you know, he would sometimes tell me, Oh, give me a kiss goodbye. You never know what can happen to somebody, even you driving around in Lancaster. And he would always talk that way to me. And it's just so sad. Did you feel like he had given into his addiction? Like, I don't, as an outsider looking in, I don't think that Aaron thought that he would die or wanted to die. I do think that he thought he would beat his addiction eventually. So that I think, I think Aaron was in denial mm-hmm. um, most of the time. And he would tell me, don't you think I'm doing better? And I would, you know, I would tell him, I would, I did it in a way where I would say basically that I wish I knew you before there was social media, because I don't know what you would have acted like before that. I I said, I feel like you're putting, like, I would basically fight about it with him all the time. And I would say, I feel like you're putting on a show for people and people, people don't want to see the, the the highs and lows. They just want to see a happy Aaron, a healthy Aaron. They don't want to see all the drama. They don't, you think that they do, but your real fans don't want to see you suffer and me suffer. They want to see, they, they want you to win. You know, they don't want you to suffer his real fans, his real supporters. Yeah. But it's like, he was getting pushed this narrative from the music side of it of these mm-hmm. people in his life saying, Oh, you know, it's more clicks. It doesn't matter. Just the more explosive, the better get on TMZ at, at any yeah. cost, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was a lot of articles that Aaron would call. Aaron was in contact with basically uh, on Louis end. This is why I have so much beef with him is that after after a second, after I forget, when I saw Louis after the tour, I basically, Aaron was like, the, Aaron had to tell Louis, hey, like, this is the mother of my child. I love her. We fight a lot, but I still love her and I don't want her to go anywhere. You know, we want to work on our family. And Louis heard that from Aaron. And for him to basically call a tabloid and make an article for fun and for views and clicks about total lies. And I have I have the messages of, of Louis saying, hey, I'm going to call the police. Let's get Melanie in the house and call the police on her. I have those messages. If you want to see them, I will personally email them to you. But um, that just shows what kind of person he was like. He thought that Aaron's life was a joke. It wasn't a joke. He had a child. He had a fiance like this isn't a joke to mess around and call the cops like that. And call a tabloid. Yeah, all he saw was more money and more controversy. And then and then three days later, after that happened, Aaron's going on Instagram saying, I love Melanie, we're gonna work it out, you know. And Aaron and Louie knew that too. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that you and Aaron said a lot, or like you say a lot, you know, I'm gonna raise Prince the way you wanted me to. And like I I think to me that means like 
loving him unconditionally without saying you have to make me this amount of money you have to get me this amount of attention prince seems so loved um and happy you know and doesn't have that massive pressure on him like aaron has a child and is that you know what you mean by that wait i'm a little confused Do you like a lot of times you'll say like i'm going to raise prince or like when you make a post about him, you'll say like, I'm going to raise you the way that your dad wanted me to raise you, you know? And I feel like. Yeah. Aaron always said that I want him to be more private, but the thing is though, he wasn't doing that. He was, he was posting him everywhere. And I, I, Mm -hmm. I put Prince to a minimum. I don't, you know, I do it for, I do it in the right way. Yeah. Uh, And so you know, Aaron said, oh, I don't want Prince to be, you know, a child star. I don't want him to be a movie. Like, I want him to live a regular life. He did say that to Which me. is crazy because he could be a child star because he's so cute. He's Aww, literally the most adorable child ever. But, like, I know that Aaron wanted his child to grow up picking strawberries and just doing normal kid things, being outdoors, you know, enjoying life. Um, and just not have, I feel like having unconditional love, knowing that his mom and his grandparents are, and the people in his life are always going to love him no matter what, whether he's bringing home a paycheck for them or not for what he can give to them, you know? And it makes me so angry and sick that people did that to him to the end, to the very, and are still doing it. Yeah. And what makes me mad is people are, uh, say you know about the love brand they say oh mel like some of the people don't know that i were i was the only one that was working on the love brand because aaron told me hey you know i want you to quit only fans which mm-hmm. i did early on that was my source of income and i was also a bartender and i did modeling and i quit all of that to be aaron's fiance and work for the love brand because when i first came to his house he had, you know, the setup of something that wasn't completed in his orders. And I said, what's going on? What can I do to help? You know? And he said, well, I want you to be the, I want you to have the company. And he would always state that. And so people always say, oh, you know, she's just, she has always been after his money. I was never, why would you stay with somebody for their money but then quit your job. It doesn't make sense. You know, I had a job. I was completely self-sufficient before I met Aaron. So why would I be using him to, to go up? Like, you know, people say, Oh, I'm using, I just used Aaron to go up. I actually stopped doing all that. And I was just focusing on our relationship and focusing on a lot of his finances and the love company. And people loved, yeah, people loved the love merch. And I feel like it's still probably doing pretty well. Yeah, it's doing, it's doing well. You know, I I feel like Aaron would be proud of me and he was always giving away a lot of merch. And a lot of people don't know that before he passed away, we gave away, uh, because we were about to move and we gave away four or five boxes of love merch to the homeless and to a battered women's shelter. Oh, and wow. And so, yeah, we did that right before he passed away. And she came and picked up the stuff. So, and then I'm also doing that again this year, too, the same time. 
um, for Christmas. And I he think was, that's, yeah. Yeah, I think that's perfect. And what, like, do you feel like, I mean, how do you feel like you're able to protect Aaron's legacy? Is it through the love brand or just, um, you know, taking care of Prince and sheltering him from that world? Making sure that he is going to, making sure that he's just going to be a normal kid and, you know, showing him a good life and protecting him from something that Aaron wasn't protected from. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think it is good that, that you still have the brand and yeah I mean I even remember watching on Instagram him being like Melanie runs it she does all of the hard work you guys you know you have her to thank um for your deliveries that come (laughs) so because he was not the best at getting things mailed um but once you came into the picture things actually got sent which was awesome well it's because (laughs) he was so used to having assistants do things for him that he wasn't in control of a lot of things and that's Mm -hmm. why it was his he always had so many different people come and go that everything was not organized you know when I got there I had to fix his taxes that's still in the process like there was always people coming and going and he was always getting used by people and manipulated and you know his his assistants would get involved in his love life like that had nothing to do and all for a buck they're willing to risk his mental health his life and his and himself by supplying what Aaron wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's bizarre the influence that he had over people. For a couple of bucks, literally. They're, they were really, they were willing to risk that for some, someone's life. Yeah. It, it's, it's very bizarre. And some of it, it's like, that's what to me, the parasocial relationship with Aaron is like so fascinating is that like I don't even think it was for always for money Melanie I think a lot of these people like he just had this influence over people I know yeah it, he was special like everybody wanted to be around Aaron he just it didn't matter who it was yeah it was bizarre and um, he had like the it factor I guess you could say yeah, I mean no, that's Yep. And I mean, what is going on with the house? Because I see every other week that it's sold. I don't know what ha- what's happening. There's a new family in the home and it's just, it's really hard. It hit me the other day. So there's a family living there. They have the home they're in, they're in it's their new home. So yeah, hopefully now that Aaron has a final resting place that can bring at least a little bit of comfort and not closure, but like at least a little bit of comfort to you to be able to go there and visit there with Prince and just know that you always have a place to visit him. And I think that he would love the fact that he's in the same cemetery as so many celebrities as Michael Jackson. He would love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very peaceful there. So yeah. That's good. And um, I just know that he is remembered 
so fondly and people always talk about like they don't want to remember him the last few years of his life and I find that to be a really rude thing to say because he had his child in the last few years of his life um and I guess I get what they're trying to say you know oh I don't want to remember this person I love for their addiction but it's like addiction and, and um mental health and abuse um is a part of life and it's a part of growth and I think that not looking at these things and not remembering people and uh, for these things and remembering these things is stopping us from growing. I don't think that Aaron would want his history swept under the rug. I think that he would want harm reduction and he would want other people to hear that, you know, if you're struggling, get help now, you know, um, yeah, it was a lot of Aaron would would tell me how would he would feel a lot of times. And then sometimes he would just not. And I, I couldn't understand him. It was really hard. It was really, really hard to keep up with his emotions. It was really hard. And there's a lot of things that, you know, they say a lot of the 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 people were really mean to me after Aaron passed away and they were blaming me for everything. And it's like people didn't know what they don't know what was going on in the relationship and how hard I was trying in those last last months and basically the entire relationship. And and they don't understand how many people were pinning us to get uh, against each other. And, you know, I don't want to speak badly about Aaron, but. A lot of people were seeing through that he wasn't telling the truth a lot and, you know, saying that I was cheating, things like that, when unfortunately Aaron was actually the person doing that. And, um, you know, he put that on me and because he wanted people to go against me and, you know, on his side so that he had to speak badly about me and. But I mean, how much do you think of that was actual like chaos within the addiction or just like trying to kind of stir up stuff? Yeah, it was definitely the addiction because when he was when he wasn't taking his prescription pills um, and he would be off of them um, or he would just not have any. um, It was like it was so it was so calm with him. <laughs> he wouldn't go online you know we would do normal things walk the dogs um do basic um just be basic uh in a relationship and focus on ourselves and not on other people and it was just so peaceful and so nice but when that addiction took took over it wasn't Aaron so it was a lot of waiting for the real Aaron to come back. It was a lot of back and forth, back and forth. And that's why I stayed, you know, I loved him so much. I loved him through thick and thin, literally through thick and thin. And his friends always say that, you know, they were helping him and they were actually the main people providing substances to Aaron. And uh, unfortunately, Aaron did a interview in the last week of his life, um, which was an interview that is just Aaron wanted to be in that scene because that's what's popular at this time, the hip hop scene. Right. And and that his client base changed in the last four or five years to that client base. 
the hip hop scene. And he did the podcast and, you know, he said some things like he said, oh, you know, I still love Melanie. And he he said that Melanie cheated on me, which isn't true. He just said that, you know, I feel like just to to stir up uh, views or something. I don't know because he knows I didn't cheat on him. I, I was never with anyone else. So, you know, all of that. I want to address because I don't want Prince to think that I was cheating on his dad to break up our family. Um, unfortunately, during Aaron's addiction, he would speak to other women or they would speak badly about me. And I do want to encourage that. If you're in a relationship, don't play games and try to do exactly what the other person is doing. Cause it's just going to backfire. So mm-hmm. uh, there was yeah, it's just, I didn't know how to handle it. And, you know, I just had enough one day and I'm like, I'm not going to deal with Aaron, you know, trying to make me jealous and playing games and acting like a reality show. I'm not going to deal with it anymore. And I kind of gave him a little taste of his medicine. And I spoke to some, um, uh, somebody on of the opposite sex, but that wasn't, I didn't physically cheat on him. I wasn't interested in anyone. I just spoke to someone and he made me do like a public video saying I cheated on I cheated on Aaron, you know, when Prince was only about three months old. And that was a little traumatizing. And a lot of people knew that they could tell that that wasn't true. And I just want people to know my side of the story, you know, and that I wasn't I was never trying to break up our family. But there was a point where I just had enough of Aaron uh, flip flopping on me all the time. And I, you know, I wish I didn't do that because it, that wasn't the problem. It was his addiction. That was the problem. He needed to, he needed to find himself and, um, get better and get healthy before, you know? Yeah. All of that was, were just things to distract you from him using literally and I didn't know that and I was taking everything so personal too and Mm -hmm. I just wish I just wish I knew that that wasn't Aaron that was his addiction and I just want to let people know that and it's scary it's really scary when you you know you call out somebody on their bad behavior and finally like you finally put your foot down and then everybody around them enables them it's like wait what yeah it backfired yeah it's like he had so many enablers um you know stuff and louis just wanted to be be single on that tour because he saw aaron was you know happy with me and then he's like this isn't gonna work melanie's gonna be bossing him around the whole time making him single and not having fun yeah um the fact that adam 22 had him on that podcast in that condition was just ridiculous i also yesterday i heard him say um melanie brought um the sir- codeine syrup from the house and he could he could not go publicly and say stuff that's not true like that i've only spoke about the truth about him because i have receipts to back it up but his friend actually they were there before we got there so me and aaron arrived at the no jumper interview it was like a thursday or wednesday before he passed away <laughs> 
And we got there, Aaron, you know, he was dressed up. I was dressed up. We were ready to go. I didn't know Louie was there with his three friends that were from Minnesota and they were there and I had no idea. And I actually personally didn't even know that what that was. It was, you know, but I noticed Aaron change his personality real quick. And I'm like, what's going on? And they were enabling him. And I told them, can you guys not do this? Like, can you please stop? And I took photos of what was going on. And unfortunately, one of his friends of Louis, since he's the quote unquote manager, was allowing Aaron to do something that basically is the same thing as huffing, I would say. And that's what he went to rehab for. And that's what he was battling within that month. He was already battling that. You know, he just stopped doing that from relapsing after five years. And then he brought that and I was taking photos and I openly posted that on social media to show people that if you're, if his manager was such a good person and was so an advocate for his sobriety, why would you allow your friends to do something like that and bring that in front of Aaron? And I, I, I'm happy that people, you know, do pay attention and they listen to me and they want to know and they, and they understand and they see through him, like, and for him to lie about it and say that I, that I was bringing stuff to Aaron and just putting it on me when he has no proof of that and I'm sober and I don't even smoke weed or do anything. <laughs> It's just bizarre. It's anybody in their right mind would not, um, you know, try to promote that or. Yeah, his friends promote it. His friends promote it. Yeah. Um, so. The music industry is hard. I mean, there's so much peer pressure. It's literally like high school, basically, being in the music industry. Yeah, where as like TV would have been so different because he would actually, I mean, he's passing drug tests, there's insurance, there's a lot of different things that go into that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the whole, the way that that went down, it was horrible. And that's not the first time I've seen Adam 22 in like a situation like that where, you know, some of the people that go on his podcast just don't have the best track record. Um, it's just a different community. And, and Aaron came from the pop community, which is a completely different community than what that podcast was. Yeah. Um, and the, the people that Aaron was hanging out with towards the end of his life, that was not Aaron. I know the true Aaron and the real true Aaron likes to play with his dogs, play chess and watch Marvel movies. <laughs> and he's a total like he's just has an old soul yeah very he's actually the real Aaron is very easygoing compared to what you see online and it might be true that he did like performing um but you know I don't think that what he was doing towards the end of the um, end of his life you could call performing I mean he was definitely performing but I don't think it was the way that he ever would have wanted to be if he was sober um Um, like in his shows or Instagram live both like both I think he would have taken his career a lot more seriously if he was sober um 
And for anybody, you know, who just maybe saw his friends, quote unquote, friends from the last few years, if you want to know a little bit about Aaron from his real people that knew him, um, friends from before that, I did um, do an episode with Ashley Parker Angel, who was from O-Town. Um, they toured with Britney Spears for a couple of years and I had asked him about Aaron, you know, what was he like? And yeah. he was like, man, this guy was amazing. <laughs> he would give you the shirt yeah. off his back and he, he oh, just yeah. always wanted to perform super happy, you know, of course saw what happened over the last few years, really upsetting because that was not the person I knew. Um, so, you know, these people that pretend that they're Aaron's best friend when he was in that condition, you know, it's so disturbing to me. No, and a lot of people said, you know, they they say, why were you there in that condition a lot? And it's like, why would I leave somebody right. who's obviously we're women? We're, we're in love. What kind of, like, what? Why does any woman stay with a man who's horrible? <laughs> Well, I would say that Aaron had so many different sides to him and the horrible side was just, it it was really, really hard. It was so hurtful. It was really hurtful. And yeah. I, I wasn't the best either because I feel like sometimes I would play games and sometimes I wouldn't. And I just wish that I didn't play so many games with him too. And I'll admit that. And Instead of when he would kind of say the wrong thing, I wish I stood up to him more and said, you know, I wish I put my foot down more with him. And I wish I said, hey, I don't think you care about these inner people, these internet people that you've never even met in real life before. I said, I know you're Aaron and you care about your family and you care about your fiance and your and your son. I know you don't care about this. I know you don't care about, you know, blah, blah, blah on Instagram and their and this text that they're showing you about this so-and-so person <laughs> and that was part of the paranoia and yeah yeah <laughs> and I wonder I mean I I do wonder how much financially played into that like he felt like he had to do that um and like you said, like psychologically, you know, he just was kind of trained to have to perform all the time. And maybe that was a way of doing that. And how he did feel most comfortable was being constantly yeah, seen, human. unfortunately. He was only human and every person gets tired. And I think he would just get tired of entertaining people. And so he would close himself off. And when he closed himself off, I got the normal errand. When mm -hmm. you didn't see him online, it meant that he was stable and he was being normal yeah and being clear-minded <laughs> so you guys didn't really see a lot of him when he was offline that's when he was clear-minded it is crazy how much you can see someone from the outside but never really know them yeah um you know, and what do you, I feel like there are so many Aaron stories to tell. Um, and I'm sure you're going to be, I mean, you're, you, people are going to have questions, so many questions and Aaron's legacy. 
I feel like is never going to go away. And Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you started this Patreon because it's a great way for his legacy to live on. And I mean, what does that look like for you just going through motherhood and um, just the next stage of your life? Well, I guess the future will come. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, Taking it one day at a time. Yeah. Is there anything that you like? Well, I mean, besides your Patreon, which I think people should go to, it's XO Melanie Martin. Um, And you guys can get updates, like exclusive updates of prints and just different things going on in Melanie's life. So it's definitely worth joining. I already joined and just kind of follow you on your journey. Um, is there anything like in the immediate future you want us to look out for besides the Patreon launch? Um, I mean, just support, you know, Aaron's legacy, the love brand, support love, not hate, um, you know, take care of yourself first before, before worrying about others. It should, you should always put yourself first. That just needs to be known, you know? Yeah. Um, watch out for who you're you're spending your time with. You know, somebody might look like the sweetest person, but they're actually doing you a lot of harm. And yeah. So <sighs> yeah. And you never know, you know, what people are going through. So mm-hmm. yeah, you never know what what someone's they're not gonna some people are just never gonna tell you how they actually feel inside. Yeah, exactly. They're not going to tell you the truth. I think a lot, a lot of people out there self-medicate. And I think if anything, Aaron can be, you know, a beacon, like a warning, you know, to people like if to get help before it's too late. Um, Because everybody goes through trauma. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people go through a lot of trauma and it's a horrible way to live trapped in that. It's just, he just wanted to live a normal life most of the time and then it was on it was always a constant battle of up and down up and down up and down i don't think he knew any other way no it, yeah, absolutely That's... i don't think he knew i don't think he knew how to make it like a a plane ride like a he only life was like a plane ride for him full of turbulence <laughs> It was never stable. Yeah. No, but I think that through Prince, you know, you are providing him stability. Thank you. And Aaron would want, you know? Yep. And I'm just so happy that you were able to share with us that he has a final resting place. And I hope that brings some peace to everybody, his fans out there, because he does have a lot of fans and a lot of people that love and care about you and Prince. And like she said, you guys support the love brand because ultimately at the end of the day, um, that's what it's all about. Yep. (laughs) So, well, if you have any other last questions, let me know. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a perfect place to end it. Like, I feel like people are going to have questions and they can just leave all of the questions on your Patreon in the comments. Um, And, you know, we can, you or me, you know, we can do this again anytime. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. This could be our little uh, talk. (laughs) There's so much to get into. I mean, yeah, if things if it comes out there's so many people I'll put it this way (laughs) there's so many people in the Carter verse that I feel have karma coming to them Mm -hmm. and it is slowly coming yeah Um, like I do want to get into like kind of like the stalkers and like the private detective stuff at another time because there's just so much that I can tell you but mm -hmm. I mean there was a, there was a lot going on there, but that's a whole nother uh, podcast, I guess, to talk about and what was going on with his stalking and all of that. Hundred percent. Yeah, and what Aaron would kind of be manipulated by, and that's not normal. Yeah, I mean, I think some of that we're gonna see come out in court soon too. Yes, um, which yeah. is wild. So we'll have to once that all comes out and it's like legally safe for us to talk about, we'll come back and we will talk to everybody about that. Okay, that sounds good. All right, awesome, Mel. Well, I hope you have a good night, and I will talk to you again soon. And everybody, do not forget to go sign up for XO Melanie Martin if you're not already on there. Yes, that'd be great. And you'll see more on there. <laughs> all right, later. Okay, bye-bye, girl. Thank you. Bye. Bye.